Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Lincoln, founder of Fireteam Whiskey, and your host for the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Dre Baldwin, a former nine-year pro basketball player who traveled eight countries in his career, and uh, he walked on to a NCAA Division III school. Dre has authored 29 books. That's impressive and has performed four TEDx talks on the topics of discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal initiative. So do those topics sound familiar? We talk about those all the time within Fireteam Whiskey and on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. So these are the things that get in people's way the most when it comes to improving their health and fitness is not being able to establish discipline and confidence and mental toughness and personal initiative to get these things done. So hopefully you are listening and you're going to be learning and taking notes, maybe picking up one of the 29 books that Dre has authored. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about his book here with him in a couple of minutes. But Dre has over 130,000, 137,000 subscribers on YouTube. And his daily work on your game podcast has been downloaded over 3 million times. So I hope you enjoy this interview with former NCAA Division Three pro basketball player Dre Baldwin. Introducing the new Fireteam Whiskey Fitness and Nutrition app. Everything you need to get fit and lose weight right at your fingertips. Choose from hundreds of fitness videos and fitness plans. Search for workouts by fitness level, equipment available, or body part focus. Choose from several nutrition plans and customize your macros. Your entire fitness, nutrition, and wellness plan all scheduled on your calendar. Text a trainer anytime for tips, tricks, and motivation. Achieve your fitness and health goals with the Fireteam Whiskey app. Go to www.fireteamwhiskey.com to get two weeks of results for free. Well, so nice to meet you. Yeah, same here. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, Excited yeah. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, we're all set. I just did recorded your intro. So um, I uh, sent you some questions. I'm sure they're not ones you've never heard before. <laughs> you can probably do this in your sleep by now with as much media as you've done out there. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I usually don't even go off the questions. So whatever you send me, <laughs> oh, I like no, to go yeah. off it just as you ask it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, I'm already recording. So we'll go ahead and get started. All right, ready when you are. Okay. Well, thanks, Dre, so much for being on the Warrior Wellness Podcast. 
So um, I am definitely intrigued with the name of your brand, Work On Your Game, because I think I've said that a lot as a health and fitness coach in, in one shape, <laughs> way, or form. It, basically, that's all we talk about, right, as, as coaches. So um, can you give us a little bit about, of your background and what inspired you to develop the Work On Your Game brand? Sure. I'll give you the three-minute version here, Stephanie. So I come from the city of Philadelphia, PA, uh, now live in Miami, Florida. But I was always into sports growing up, played a little bit of football, then migrated over to baseball. Never really had much of a career in either one of those, but finally got on to basketball about around the age of 14. It was actually pretty late for someone who's trying to go somewhere in a sport. I mean, playing college, let alone playing the pros. But that's where I started and wasn't very good when I first started. Didn't make my high school team until I was a senior. Scored two points a game my high school senior year. And two points is not a lot in basketball, for those who don't know. Maybe soccer or hockey is a lot, <laughs> but basketball is not much. But I did, after I finished high school, I knew I was going to college one way or another, but I didn't have any type of scholarship or anything to play basketball. So I had to walk on to play college sports. And for those who don't know what that means, I didn't have a scholarship. Nobody knew who I was. I literally walked in the gym and just tried to earn my way in. But I was able to make the team there, played in college, so it must mean I was getting better. But at the same time, I was playing at the Division Three level. And Division Three sports, if you're playing D3, you're probably not even dreaming about becoming a pro, let alone actually doing it. So the, the top-level sports like Saturday college football and March Madness, that's Division One. I. I was Division Three down in the basement. So after I graduated college, I still wanted to play pro ball, but I didn't have any prospects. There was no one offering me a contract. So for my first year out of school, I worked as a, a assistant manager of Foot Locker. I sold gym memberships. And then a year removed from graduation, I went to this event called an exposure camp. Now exposure camp is like a job fair, but it's for athletes where you pay to actually attend this event as the player. And you basically bring your sneakers. Instead of just bringing a resume, you bring your sneakers and your gear and you try to prove that you're a professional level player in front of an audience of scouts, agents, managers, coaches, owners from all over the basketball globe who are looking for talent. So it's kind of like a casting call. So I played pretty well at that event. I leveraged the scouting report and the footage from that event. I started cold calling agents. Now this is 2005 I'm talking here. So uh -huh. I was cold calling basketball agents because I figured that agents would be the go-between. They knew, because I knew I was gonna play probably overseas. So I knew that the teams that I wanted to sign with, I had never even been out of the country. So I know I didn't know those people. So who knows those people? This was just my deductive reasoning. So I knew agents would know those people. So let me connect with an agent. As long as the agent believes in me, they will sell me to those teams to help me get on overseas. So I cold called 60 agents, 20 of those agents asked, all right, let me see what you have. I sent them my material of those 20. One agent replied back to me and that one agent became my agent. He signed me and that's how I got my career started. He helped me get my first uh -huh. job, which was in uh, Kaunas, Lithuania around this time in 2005. That's when I started my pro basketball career, which went on for almost 10 years. Now, to go back in the story a bit, that exposure camp that I went to and played well at, the footage that I got in that camp was on this device called a VHS tape. You remember those, Stephanie? VHS tapes? <laughs> yeah, so that some of our listeners may not, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, so those of you who don't know what that is, ask your parents or you go Google it. You can, you can find it. So I had this VHS tape. Now, I know that this is my most valuable, most valuable footage that I own because this is me playing against pro-level players and playing well. So I needed to keep this footage. So I took that tape because, you know, if you drop a VHS tape, it gets wet. You leave it in the sun, it gets destroyed. So I took that footage to an audiovisual store. I got them to transfer it onto a data CD. And I put that CD in a desktop computer and I uploaded the footage to this brand new site that I heard. You could put as much footage there as you want for free. It was called YouTube.com. 
So I uploaded a quick little two minute clip snippet to YouTube and didn't really think anything of it. But that is later on when I came back to check on it, I found out that was the start of and I didn't notice at the moment, but I later on decided, discovered this is the start of me building what we call now a personal brand because I had this content on the Internet and I was just putting up basketball videos for years, just sporadically on YouTube. While at the same time, I'm playing overseas. So both of these things are happening at the same time. So around 2009, between 2008, 2010, around this period, several things happened. I found myself a free agent in basketball. I did not have a contract. And at the same time, you know, I'm putting this content on the Internet, but it wasn't a thing at that time because back then YouTube videos were like your cat jumped up the curtains or, you know, <laughs> Johnny bit my finger, you know, stuff like that. It wasn't it wasn't a thing. It wasn't a business. But around this time, Google had purchased YouTube. So now you could make some ad revenue from putting videos on YouTube. So the more videos you put up, the more money you can make theoretically. And at the same time, I had just read this book called The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. And in that book, or maybe on his blog, I don't remember which one, Tim was just talking about how you can test out a product idea and start making money off your knowledge. Now, this was something that I thought maybe I could do because at this time, my only revenue was from my contract playing basketball, but I didn't have a contract. So I'm like, all right, what am I going to do if I don't get another contract? So I asked myself the question, Stephanie, what can I do where I can combine three things? Number one, something that I have that I love doing, which is play ball. Number two, something where I have some natural inclinations. And that was being on the Internet because I've always been a kind of a computer geek, even though I'm an athlete. And number three, how can I make money from it? How can I do all three at the same time? So the answer in my mind was, OK, YouTube. You can make some ad revenue for just po keep posting videos because you're building an audience. I didn't know what I would do with that audience, but I knew I was building one. And I also had an inkling that what I was doing on the Internet would be bigger than what I was doing actually traveling the world playing basketball. I had an inkling that the Internet would be bigger. Didn't know how or when, but I did know. And so build up your brand, write more articles, write more blog posts. That's what I was doing. And then follow this Tim Ferriss thing because Tim was talking about creating your own product. So I followed his little thing. I created my own product. My first product was a $4.99 PDF of me showing basketball players how to dribble, how to get better at dribbling the basketball. $4.99. I remember I made my first sale in probably around 2009, Stephanie. And I had a BlackBerry phone at the time. You remember the BlackBerry phones? <laughs> I missed those. I wish they were still around. I love the BlackBerry phone. <laughs> <laughs> I like the BlackBerry too. So the BlackBerry, whenever you got an email, there's a little red light that would start blinking. Uh -huh. So the little red light was blinking on my phone and it said, congratulations, you made a sale. Somebody bought my product up and it was a four dollars and ninety nine cents. Not a lot of money, but I remember I had to go open my laptop and I had to send an email to the person who bought it and add the attachment because I didn't even have auto delivery. I didn't even know what that was at the time. <laughs> so that's how primitive it was. But I figured that out after about a week of sending emails to people. <laughs> but when that when I made that first sale, Stephanie, I said to myself, this is what I need to be doing. I said, this, I, this can be my retirement plan. As long as I can figure out a way to take the knowledge in my head, codify it, put it you know, on paper, quote unquote, and I can sell it to other people. Because I knew, even though at this time I'm still playing ball, I, I was just only the middle of my career when this happened. So I knew that I couldn't jump 40 inches in the air forever. I'm not going to be the best athlete forever, but I can leverage my brain forever. So I already knew this was my exit strategy from sports, that when I get done playing ball, I'm going to go full in on doing whatever this was. Take, I, didn't know we, I didn't know the phrase intellectual property. We weren't calling people thought leaders at the time. None of that stuff existed. But I knew that's where I was going. So fast forward in the story. I kept playing ball for another five years. On YouTube, I started putting out these videos every Monday called The Weekly Motivation. 
because players would ask me about my mindset because they just found out they found out about my backstory like but you start playing at 14 you got cut from your high school team you walked on in college but you still became a professional player like how'd you do it and they would always ask me about mentality now they would want to know hey how do you do a crossover how can i jump higher to dunk but they also want to know the mindset behind my my journey so when i started doing a weekly motivation stuff and something interesting occurred here and i know i'm taking way more than three minutes but they <laughs> and people would reach out to me and they would say dre I'm following you on YouTube, but not because I'm trying to learn how to make the NBA and I'm not trying to learn how to do the, the Kobe Bryant move. I follow you because the way that you break down mindset, that's not limited to just sports. Like they would say, like, I don't play sports, but I follow you because when you break, when you talk about confidence and mental toughness and discipline, listen, everybody needs that. That's life stuff. That's not sports. That's life. And so this planted seed in my mind. OK, not only can I create products and sell them, but also this mindset piece, I can take that and I can do that when I'm done playing ball. So in 2015, Stephanie, I stopped playing basketball, and that's when I went full-time into what I'm doing now, which is taking that mental aspect of what helped me succeed in sports. And now I teach that to people from all different industries. I had somebody tell me, he uses this great phrase, he said, your philosophy is industry agnostic. It doesn't matter what industry it is, it applies to anybody. So that's what I do full-time now, and it's called work on your game. It's a long yeah. story long, that's how we got here. <laughs> I love it. And you know, it, you. it's interesting. I, I mean, I have so many similarities in my own story to yours, um, but you mm -hmm. you are a, a rare person and you do say, and I was kind of looking at some of your stuff on online and watching some of your videos and I saw the term 2% somewhere, you know, like there's, there's a, it's a very small percentage of people who are self-motivated and just kind mm -hmm. of have this natural inclination, like you said, like you identified that within yourself. You have this kind of just work hard mentality and, and no matter what, I mean, you were just cold calling agents and, and you know, right. still showing up and walking on and, and still trying, even though all the signs in your life had shown you, well, no, you're not going to be a professional athlete. No, you're not good enough. No, you're just not playing at this level. But you just kept, you were so determined. And that's such a rare trait. So no wonder you've become an expert in this area and people seek you out because it is such a rare thing. But there are some skills that you can teach as somebody who it came kind of naturally to. Now you can teach that to other people. And I was really uh, impressed. I mean, you're the author of 29 books and I'm working on my first book now. So we have to have like a side oh, conversation congrats. on how you did that. Let's I'm like, I'm just trying to meet my deadline on January 1st for my first book. But um, you, you, know, you have a podcast, which is called Work, Work on Your Game as well. Mm -hmm. And it shares the title with one of your books. But I was looking at your core principles of your book, Work on Your Game. And I think this is kind of your core principles with everything you do. But let's kind of break those down and how how this could apply to our listeners. Now, mostly our listeners of my podcast are military veterans, military members, first responders and their spouses. So this stuff does apply to that those groups. And I want you to kind of maybe translate these core principles and how that can apply to you know, our audience. So the first one is the discipline um, to commit to your discipline, to commit to showing up day after day to do the work. Mm -hmm. So discipline is the starting point of all of this. Discipline is the foundation. I strongly believe mindset's the foundation of everything and discipline is the foundation of mindset and showing up every single day to do the work is 
where you start to develop that whole game because all of us are in a game and we all need to have game in order to achieve in whatever we're doing and to produce results. And when you produce results, you get the rewards. So that showing up every single day, that really came from the first example I had was my parents because my parents were not athletes. They're, I'm way taller than both of my parents, so I got <laughs> lucky. But they, they would show up every day and go to work. They would wake up every day, go to their jobs, I know they didn't love their jobs because I would hear them sometimes, you know, at least my mom, at least I hear her talking on the phone, complaining about her coworkers sometimes. But I know they didn't love the job, but they went every day to work, even when they didn't have a car, taking public transportation to go to work there and back. They did it every day. They never preached about it, though, because it was just what they did. So when I became and even as a young, young man, when I was playing um, sports and just trying to get good at basketball as a teenager, the only thing I knew to do was just keep going to the basketball court and practicing and let's see if something works. I didn't have a trainer. Nobody took me under their wing. There was no social media for me to look at somebody else on YouTube and copy their stuff. I'm the one who created it. So I was just doing it on my own until I figured it out. But because I already had the discipline, I was the type of person who always was reliable at even little jobs that I had working at you know, Pizza Hut, McDonald's as a teenager. I was a dependable employee. I'm the person you could call when somebody else called out and I would show up and work. So I always had that discipline in me. And that, again, that just came from home training. This just came from the examples that I had at home. So that's what I use in sports. And that's how I got good at sports. And then I got good enough that I could start teaching it to other people. So I could cut down their learning curve. Nobody could cut down mine. And even today, as a business person, my the biggest thing for me is the discipline is the persistence is showing up all the time you know, listening to what you're being told by people who might know more than you applying things all of that is part of the discipline and it's the biggest thing that separates the pros from the amateurs because the pros are not the pros because of their capabilities and potential because there are a lot of amateurs who have potential what makes the pro a pro is the fact that they do it every day the fact that they do it consistently the fact that you can depend on them to do it and they still do it that's what makes the pro and that's the discipline. When you look good, you feel good. Guys, it's about time you threw away those stained t-shirts and those baggy, saggy shorts and upgrade your gym swagger. Zaya Active is the official workout wear of Fireteam Whiskey. Go to bit.ly forward slash Zaya FTW and check out all the styles for women, men, and kids. Yeah. And that, that can be translated into any aspect of life, you know, even just being a better parent or, you know, uh, working on your health and fitness goals or, you know, uh, taking the next step in your career or starting a business. And um, actually, mm -hmm. it's funny, I, I do a motivational Monday quote every Monday, and it just happened to come up today. I used Abraham Lincoln's um, a quote, and it, he says, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. And right. that quote like gives me chills because that is, I think that's what you're talking about is you don't have to be the best at anything. You don't even have to have the natural talent that only take you so far, but it's that mm -hmm. the, the, the difference is the commitment to the long term, not the just looking at what I can do in this flash moment in time, but taking the baby steps on the journey to get you to where you want to go. That's right. And it's 
just like like Abraham you said Abraham Lincoln right just like he said yeah. it's deciding what do you want the most and that might mean you have to put off that instant gratification for some delayed gratification and that is 100% what discipline is about just showing up and doing that work even when you don't feel like it that's what makes you a pro and in sports you do need some talent to go with that hard work but talent alone won't get you there because there are a lot of talented guys who don't make it so obviously it's not just talent it's a combination of having both the ability and the willingness you need both yeah absolutely and that you know that that daily discipline it's it's and the four-hour work week is a, is a great example you know that that tim ferris teaches and some of those concepts in his book but um not wanting to i mean we all want to sleep in we all want to sleep more right and, and you know mm -hmm. it's like getting up early because we've got to you know maybe work out before we go to work if we have a goal of weight loss or you know taking a, a class online to learn a new skill so you can go forward in your career you know th these are things that that we look at and go well i'd rather sit down and drink a beer and watch netflix for two hours or i can take this course and i might not be happy about it but it's establishing that discipline to commit to that even when you don't feel like it yes exactly that's yeah. the separation so um, the second concept is confidence. And I thought this was such an interesting one. Um, and I'm excited to hear you talk about that. Why is this so important? Um, you, you define it as putting yourself out there boldly and authentically. Yeah, well, the reason why I know is important because this is what everybody asks about. All right, this is the one that everyone asks. So when I ask an audience of people, I say, you could take any internal trait, any personal trait of yours that is intangible and change it in any way, what would it be? Everyone always says confidence this is overwhelmingly the number one answer is they want to be more confident. If it's not, again, something that's intangible and internal is always people want to have more self-esteem. They want to feel better about themselves. They want to be proud of what they see when they look in the mirror because people believe rightly so that if they change their self image in the way they see themselves and the energy that they have about themselves, they will perform differently. They will show up differently. People will read them differently and they'll get better results in their lives. And they are 100% correct. So it's a good thing to aim for. What a lot of people don't understand is that discipline creates confidence. This is why mm -hmm. discipline goes first. So when you have the discipline as that foundation and you're showing up every day doing the work, then you can develop the confidence because confidence is simply a belief in your ability to do something. That's the very definition of the phrase, a very definition of the word. So you want to build your belief in your ability to do something. One thing you can do is do it in the practice and showing up and performing every single day. Another thing you can do, let's say you're you're going out for something that you haven't actually done before. Maybe you practice giving a speech, but you haven't actually given one in front of an audience before. How can you have some confidence? You can use what I call tapping into the super you which is becoming a different version of yourself. So this is not fake it till you make it. I know some people talk about that, but I actually don't believe in fake it till you make it because if you're faking it, then eventually you have to stop faking. Eventually you mm -hmm. gotta go back to being for real. When you're faking something, it's kind of like uh, Cinderella. You know, when a clock strikes 12, you go back from that beautiful ball gown, you go back to the, the rags that you were wearing before if you're faking it. But if you decide instead to become it, you say, this is who I am as a person. I am being this person. That is permanent. You can stay becoming something or you can always be working on your becoming, but you can stay at that level as long as you want to stay there, as long as you're mentally willing to give yourself permission to be that person. And that's 
exactly that's also another part of confidence is that it's not only just knowing that you have the ability to do something and it's not also you no know, acting in the face of fear or having the absence of fear however you want to look at that it's also giving yourself permission to no longer conform to being who you've always been mm. give me yourself permission to say okay this is what everyone else expects me to be and how everyone else expects me to show up i'm going to do something different just because this is what i want to do that is confidence as well and a lot of us spend our entire lives merely conforming to what we've always been or what we think other people want from us and we never step into who we really want to be as a person so confidence is as you said putting yourself out there boldly and authentically and boldly means you're standing out because you're being authentic and every one of us is authentic in our own ways but you would you couldn't tell if you look around in life a lot of people are conforming because as earl nightingale says the opposite of cowardice is conformity Mm -hmm. It's just people, not the opposite of cowards, the opposite of courage is conformity. Mm -hmm. Is people just doing what they see everybody else doing or just doing what they think other people think they should be doing. And that's it's a tragedy. It's the reason why you know, the most valuable real estate we have is the, the graveyard because people don't get the music out of them in life. And when it's over, they, don't, they haven't even put themselves out there ever because they haven't given themselves permission to do so. Yeah, gosh, I mean, we could talk about that like you made such like good sound drops there like so many mic drops it wasn't even funny like, <laughs> boom boom mic drop mic drop all over the place on that one i love that that discipline comes before confidence and that's the mm -hmm. difference i guess between um you know arrogance right arrogance and confidence is you actually are li living in the daily discipline and not faking it right Yes. And at, at the same time, what I talk about, what I say about arrogance, and I talk about this in, in my book, Work On Your Game, is that a lot of times arrogance and uh, cockiness, another word that people use, is often just in the eyes of the beholder. So you can't really, you can't always control it because you don't know mm -hmm. how another person feels about you and how they're going to view you. And what I tell people is you want to be so confident that other people are going to think that you're cocky and arrogant, but you're really not. And one thing that I always tell people is that the most humble thing you can do is show up every day and do the work. Because if you're showing up every day doing the work, no matter how good you are, because it, that, that affords you the ability to be quote unquote cocky. It affords you the ability to be the most confident person in the room because you know you've shown up and done the work every day. But at the same time, you're humble enough to know that you're not so good that you don't need to do the work. So being yeah. very humble and being very confident actually work together. They work hand in hand. People think, Humility and confidence are like opposites, but they're not opposites. They actually work in parallel. The more humble you are, that means you're going to show up and do the work every day. But when you're showing up and doing the work every day, you have afforded yourself the ability to be confident. So they both work together. And if you're super confident compared to another person who doesn't understand your level of confidence, they might call you cocky because they don't understand it. They, people sometimes criticize what they don't understand because they haven't lived it before. So they can't fathom how someone could be 10 levels above them confidence wise. So instead of just doing the work to reach you where you are, they do something mentally to try to pull you down in their own minds. It doesn't actually pull you down, but in their mind, it makes them feel better about it because they say, oh, well, he's that confident because he's cocky. Instead of saying he's that confident because he's humble enough to do the work. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's really good. And I also love what you said about, um, you know, kind of acting like the person you want to be, you know, not faking it, but, you know, having the daily discipline and behaviors to kind of 
to work on that. And so you don't turn into a pumpkin at midnight, <laughs> you know, so that, right. that you eventually do become that person. I, I say that all the time to my coaching clients. I'm like, okay, well, you're saying that you want to be a healthy fit person, but a healthy fit person doesn't go through the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts every day and eat three donuts. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just not, that's, right. that's, that's not the same person. So if you want to be this person, then you got to be the person that skips that drive through and makes yourself a healthy breakfast. Right. So even though that might be what you used to do and what your that was your comfort zone and what you're used to, you don't have to stay in that mold. All you got to do is step out of that and become that new fit, healthy person. Then eventually it'll happen because you're doing those behaviors. Right. And then in that becoming, just asking yourself, all right, who's the person who already has this outcome and how do they approach this situation? What kind of energy do they have? How do they walk into the room? And then you just assume yourself with that type of energy. You can just borrow yeah. that from another person <laughs> until it becomes you. Right, right. And then also, you know, like you said earlier um, on their, the first point was learning from people, you know, like like yourself, reading your books, you know, learn like being open to that new information. And maybe you're, you, you can add some things to your life to kind of help you along the way because, you know, that you've done it and maybe I, I don't want to be a pro basketball player, but I want to be an entrepreneur, you know? So I want right. to learn from Dre. I want to be a, a YouTube star. So Dre's a YouTube star. I'm going to, I'm going to see, find out how he did it, you know, and just be open to that information instead of saying, well, you know, well, that guy, you know, he just kind of, he got lucky, you know, and it, that just shuts, shuts down your opportunity of, of growth and discipline. That's right. hundred percent. So the third one you have um, is mental toughness. We hear this phrase a lot. Um, so your definition is remain disciplined and confident through setbacks. So um, in the military and in the first responders, they're sort of kind of adopting the term and focusing on, um, it's called resiliency. So I guess we can kind of pair these two things together, mental toughness and resiliency. Yes. So can you talk about yes. what this means? Yeah, to me, I define mental toughness as your willingness and ability to remain disciplined and confident even when things aren't working. Even when you followed the strategy, you did everything you were told to do, you're doing everything right, quote unquote, and it still didn't work. Mental toughness is your willingness to keep showing up and doing the work anyway. That's what mental toughness is about. And really, if I was to take all of this, this whole working your game philosophy, if I have to reduce it to just one, it would be about mental toughness because discipline, confidence, initiative, all of those can go under the umbrella of mental toughness, depending on how you define it. But like you said, resiliency, some people call it grit, stick to itiveness, persistence. We can use those all interchangeably. Mental toughness is understanding that even if you do everything right, even if you follow the directions, you follow all the rules and do exactly as you're told, life is not on your schedule. Life does not work on your schedule. Success doesn't work on your schedule. And Real life alters the lab test, as they say. So just because you practice everything perfectly doesn't mean it's going to work out perfectly. Actually, it probably will never work out perfectly. So you have to have the resiliency and the mental toughness to understand that it's not always going to work, but keep showing up and doing the work anyway. And this right here, mental toughness, is really what separates a lot of people from people who make it and people who don't make it. I mean, I'm sure in the military and people have to go through training, there are people who have the ability but they don't make it because something in their mind won't allow them to push themselves where they need to push themselves in order to you know, get through and you know, succeed so that they can move on to the next stage. In sports, there are plenty of athletes who had just as much talent, if not more talent than me. But they tried out for the team like I did, got cut like I did, 
but they didn't have the mental toughness to come try out again the next year. Cause, mm. And it's not because, not because they didn't have the talent, not because they didn't have the skill, but because they were thinking so much about what everybody else might think that they didn't want to show up and put themselves in the position to possibly be embarrassed. They were more worried about what everybody else was thinking rather than focusing on what they actually wanted. And that's especially in the world that we live in today, Stephanie, it's a big thing. Because Napoleon Hill talked in Think and Grow Rich, talked about six basic fears. And one of those six basic fears is the fear of criticism. And a lot of people stop themselves from going after what they want in life. Not Some people stop before they start. We don't have to worry about them. They probably don't listen to the show. But the type of people who they start don't get the outcome that they want. And then they stop themselves, not because they don't want to try again, not because they don't think, okay, I learned something from this first failure. Let me try again and I'll be better next time around. They logically understand that. But what they're thinking about is what is everybody else going to think of me when they find out that I failed the first time? And what would they think if I tried twice and failed twice? So I don't want to put myself in that position. So let me just give up right now and say I tried and then I, I can be socially accepted for trying, but I didn't, but you didn't actually get your result. So a lot of people stop themselves from going after what they want. Some before they start, but also then there's another level of people. Again, they try, fail, and instead of trying again, they want to save themselves the embarrassment of trying and failing twice, so they just don't try again. They just shut themselves down. So life doesn't tell them no. They tell themselves no. Are you fire team ready? Try the fire team whiskey Spec Ops Keto Joe Shake. The Keto Joe Shake is a medium-chain triglyceride MCT shake derived from non-GMO coconut oil. It contains 17 grams of MCT, 10 grams of high-quality whey protein, and no sugar. It's sweetened with stevia leaf, so you can keep those carbs low and shred that body fat. 25 milligrams of caffeine to give you extra energy for the gym or your busy day. Fireteam Whiskey has been supplying military members deployed all over the world with Spec Ops shakes for over three years. Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops shakes are fueling the fight. Whether you are just trying to lose a few pounds or trying to get that extra edge in the gym, the Fireteam Whiskey Spec Ops shakes are for you. Make sure to stock up now and support our efforts to raise funds for Team RWB, our nonprofit partner that provides social support and fitness events for our nation's heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, the, all of that is just so good. Like every single bit, this is so good. It's such a motivational talk. Um, and I, I thank goodness for the military uh, because I think I learned this a lot in the military and we instill this a lot. We, um, I call it failing forward. You know, I guess that's another term that's used. And I, I specifically went through combatives. So I was one of the first females to go through army combatives trainings. It was when they started, first started introducing like kind of a uh, MMA type of, of, you know, combatives. So we're learning jujitsu, we're learning Muay Thai, we're learning grappling, we're learning wrestling. Um, and I'm, you know, a very petite <laughs> person. I'm five foot three. I was the smallest person yeah. in the class and only one of two females in the entire class. And this is a brand new course that the army was offering. And we get to the end of the course and it was all we were told was, okay, you have, you've learned all these skills. Now you're going to go four rounds with our instructors. And they basically beat the shit out of us for four rounds. I mean, everything we throw at them, they got something because they're much more skilled than we are. Of course, we're beginners and they, they pin us down and they beat us and they punch us and you basically lose the round. 
And so we kind of get to the end of that and, you know, our heads are just throbbing and we've got injuries and cuts and, and, you know, they sit us down and they say, well, what do you think of the point of that exercise was? And we were all kind of like, man, that sucked. You know, we don't want to do that again. And they said, the point is all we wanted you to do was to keep trying to get back up. If you got knocked down, you get back up. If you got hurt, you get back in it. You would just try the next one, try the next one. That's all they wanted to do. They set us up to fail just to see what we would do when we did. And that mm. was that was an exercise of mental toughness. And that kind of light bulb moment went off for me. I was like, ah, got it. That's that's what I need to do. I don't need to be the most skilled combatives person in this class, but I need to just keep going, have the, the grit, tenacity, pushing forward, failing forward, whatever you call it, and just keep going. And, and I think that's the saddest part about people in life. And like you said about the most expensive real estate in the grave is that most people just quit and they just can't get up after getting knocked down. I 100% concur with all of that. And like you said, the last thing you just said there, you went through you know, four rounds of getting shit kicked out of you in jujitsu. Was it jujitsu that you were fighting? It was a was it? kind of full MMA. It's grappling, karate, Muay oh, Thai, jujitsu. Okay. Yeah. Right. So even though the rest of us who aren't in though don't go through that kind of training, life kicks the shit out of all of us at some point mm -hmm. on some level. And life is doing the exact same thing. It just wants to find out, are you going to get back up? Are you going to try again? from whatever you just got beat up on. Are you going to try again? Are you going to get us another shot? Are you going to regroup? Take what you learned from the last time that you lost and be a little bit better the next time around. How, what can you do differently to approach this problem this time now that you know what you know? And many people just don't answer the bell. They just they don't get off their stool when that bell rings for the next round. They just don't get up because they don't want to deal with either. They don't have the toughness to deal with taking the beating again or they just don't want to deal with the the criticism from themselves mostly but or from other mm. people of the fact that they tried something and did not succeed because so many people are so quick to quit that they will encourage other people to quit and if you are not quitting they're going to talk about you bad if you don't quit and you fail now if you don't quit and succeed everybody else celebrate you but while you're not quitting and failing at the same time people are going to say you're an idiot you might as well quit like i did you know three years ago and you wouldn't have wasted all this time, but it's only when you get the success that you can say it was worth it. Yeah, and, uh, and of course, you're the perfect example of this. I mean, you you just stayed on it and you kept trying and kept trying and you kept coming up against those roadblocks of your goal to become a professional basketball player. But because of your tenacity and your mental toughness, you were able to achieve your goal. It may not have been the easy path, right? But it was your path. And it was the one that, you know, the universe or God or whatever you want to attribute it to, that's the way you needed to go through it. And because you had that mental toughness, you achieved that goal. So that's awesome. So the, the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, in the military, every branch, we have our, um, our core values. And I think that this is kind of like right down your alley. This is what you do and what you talk about. So in the Army, since I was in the Army, I'll talk about that. It was an acronym. It was uh, leadership. So loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and pride. 
And your brand similarly has is, has like these four tenets of discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal initiative. So um, we talked about a few of these already. We didn't talk about personal initiative yet. So I want you to talk about that. But can you just kind of talk about how all four of these things kind of help people, can help people navigate their life and focus, uh, have them focus on, you know, if they're focusing on these four things that you talked about, how they can navigate their life. And I, I don't want to say a better way, but I guess a much more efficient way or, or um, much more forward towards their goals rather than just kind of spinning their wheels and, and you know, wasting their time. Yes, I think it's fair to say a better way. I think you, know, <laughs> you, you improve your game, you're going to be better. I mean, that's the whole point of working on your game. So uh, the first thing, personal initiative is about being a go-getter. Being that type of person who goes and makes things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. So when you have all this mindset stuff in place, it can be motivating, it can be inspiring to people, but it's not going to do anything for you if you don't go and actually apply it, actually go use it and implement it. And it's the same thing in life. Like that personal initiative is really what takes all of your game, all of your skill, all your potential and actually turns it into something real. We take that potential energy, turn it into kinetic energy, energy in motion. You actually going and doing something and producing a result and getting some kind of outcome from your life, from your skills, from the time and effort that you've put in. And when it comes to the entire work on your game philosophy, like you said, how there's a there's a piece there, pieces that go together, kind of like a puzzle. When you improve your game and you improve your skills and you improve the way that you're showing up and the way that you're delivering, that will improve. First of all, your performance is going to get better. Then the results you produce will improve. And then the rewards that you get will improve. And all of us do. Nobody does something for nothing. Right. You do things for to make money, to get attention, to get likes, fans, followers, self-fulfillment, happiness, whatever it is that you want, whatever your outcome is, whatever reward you want or plural rewards, you can get that if you have enough game, you create your opportunities, you perform and you produce results because life is a results based business and a performance based business. The top performers get the opportunities, the ones who produce the results, they get the prizes. That's how it works in most of life. There's some areas where they're trying to change this, but I think it's going to get changed back. But we got to keep it, keep a focus where it's at. And the sports world, the military world, and the educational world for the most part, and many other aspects of life is based on who are the top performers, who's producing the most results. And even when you're in an area that is more subjective, like sports is very objective because we have a scoreboard. But in other areas of life, it's more subjective. You have judges, you have to go off people's feelings, and you have politics and all that stuff going on. If you are a high level performer who can produce results, even if you're not getting the results you deserve in this area, you can just go over here and do the same thing. You're going to get the outcome that you want eventually because you can perform when you can perform. No amount of negativity, nobody hating on you, no amount of politics, nobody, no amount of lack of relationships. None of those things can stop you from succeeding in life when you have enough game. That's why work on your game matters so much as a philosophy. Because it can apply to anyone, lawyer, doctor, teacher, student, uh, maintenance man, a person trying to figure their life out, athlete. It applies to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, if you just live your life by these tenants, no matter what you do, no matter what area you're in, you you can succeed. I mean, it, it's going to, like you said, it's it sets you up to make at least forward progress, no matter what, no matter the politics or the you know, somebody's hating on you or somebody's, you know, it's no matter what comes up, even if bad things happen and, and things don't work out, you know what, it's a time to pivot rather than just to, to give up, you know, maybe that wasn't meant to be, 
you know, you weren't meant to be, like you said, a a professional athlete for the rest of your life. You knew at some point you were going to need to pivot. And what I think what a lot of people do, especially in the military, this happens a lot. You know, we, we talk about transition issues. Um, you know, you, you stop, you, you kind of embed your, your entire personality in one career and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm a soldier or I'm a basketball player. And then all of a sudden right. that's not your job anymore. And then you, you kind of find yourself wandering around like, who am I? You know, and I think from, you know, what I'm understanding is that if you had kind of set up these, these four tenants, discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal in- initiative, you'd be able to kind of roll through that life punch and go, all right, well, I can take these, these things and my skills and my confidence and my discipline and take it and do whatever I want. What's the next step? I can be successful wherever mm-hmm. I go next. I don't have to be a soldier. I don't have to be a basketball player. You know, I can succeed anywhere I want to go in life. And I guess that's just that building up for momentum and confidence. Yes, absolutely is that. And it's also, you may, well, you probably will need to reinvent yourself and just reinvent your self-image, how you're seeing yourself when you look in the mirror that, yes, I was a basketball player. Now, I'm, basketball is still in me, but I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I do now. And it's also, if you can give yourself just a bigger picture view, you know, I always looked at myself as a businessman, even when I was playing sports. Sports is a business as well. It was, I was just in the business of playing sports. Now I'm in the business of selling my intellectual property. It's this only thing that changed is what I'm selling. But before I was just selling my ability to put a ball in a basket. So it's really just looking at yourself and figuring out what is that self-image because the self-image is who you're being as a person. And when you change your being, it will change what you do. And when you change what you do, it'll change the results you get. So that's the be, do, have principle. So when people change what they're doing without changing that self-image, it's not going to work. So the first step is someone's changing the thing that they're doing. Okay, what you do now is the military. And what you're going to do is we don't know yet. You need to fill in the blank. But before we start focusing on the doing, first, let's talk about the self-image. Let's figure out who you are as a person because it's bigger than the role that you've had for the last two years or five years or 20 years. There are other, there's more to you than just that, just the position that you held. Let's figure out what that is. And when you get clear on who you are as a person, who you're being, then we can focus on, all right, what are some things that you want to do? And when you get into that state of who you're being and you're comfortable and clear on it, the do will come much more easily than if you just say to yourself, all right, what do I want to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? That's, those are very challenging questions that many people start with. And this is why many people never figure it out because they don't go backwards and do the, the pre-work, which is the self-image. Who am I being as a person? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Focusing on the B instead of the do first, make sure you check right. that box of the B. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. So this was such a fun talk. I mean, we could go on for hours, I'm sure, but <laughs> The good thing is people can watch you hours and hours and hours of more of this. So I can't wait to kind of uh, catch up on your podcast. I watched a couple of episodes um, or on your YouTube channel um, this morning. Yeah. So check out um, Dre Baldwin. He has a podcast called Work On Your Game. And he is also on YouTube. And all the links are going to be in the show notes so you know where to find him. And definitely check out his book, Work On Your Game. Use the pro-athlete mindset to dominate your game in business, sports, and life. So the um, link to his book will be there as well. So thank you so much, Dre. This was fun. 
Absolutely, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate this conversation. All right, thanks. Hey guys, thanks so much again for joining us on another episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, like, all that good stuff on your favorite podcast platform or and on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and leave us a review while you're there. And if you screenshot your review, email it to info at fireteamwhiskey.com with your name and address. You'll be entered into our drawing for a prize for just leaving us a review. So let us know what we're doing great, what you'd like to hear more about. And please go ahead and just give us a follow and give us a honest review, especially on iTunes, because that helps us reach other military members, veterans, and first responders with this vitally important information about how to improve their health, fitness, and wellness. We will see you at the next episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I am your podcast host, former Army Captain Stephanie Lincoln, founder of Fire Team Whiskey. Fire Team Whiskey is proud to sell Zaya Athletic Wear. We love the awesome styles, amazing quick dry technology, and best of all, the price. Zaya Active is the official workout wear of Fire Team Whiskey. Go to bit.ly forward slash Zaya FTW and check out all the styles for women, men, and kids.